0: 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Last night in Genesis chapter 2, we saw the definition of marriage when by inspiration we hear the words, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. And that actually connected with Matthew 19, which gives the same statement. For this cause a man leaves and he cleaves and he and his wife become one flesh. Uh, And uh, that comes with the question, can a man put away his wife for any reason? So we we see that marriage is one man, one woman, one life. That's by definition what marriage is. And while it differs from the kinds of definitions that we see in society at large, and while many people would differ with what the Bible says, the point is it is what the Bible says. And that's what God says. And God both created man and woman and God instituted marriage. He's the one that uh, set up marriage. So if you want to know what marriage is, as defined by God, it's one man, one woman, one life. And we see that's the principle of marriage. Marriage is principle. In other words, uh, it's an idea. Marriage is not just an act. It's not just something that people are engaged in or involved in, but it is a concept that comes to us from God. So again, marriage is one man, one woman, one life. Now, I know you're not kids, but would you mind saying that with me? I'll start out, and would you pick up and help me with the definition of marriage? Here we go. Marriage is one man, one woman, one life. And that's the principle of marriage. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I want you to see that marriage is pure. Marriage is pure. Look down at verse 15. We're taking this up in the middle of a conversation. But look at verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and maketh the member of an harlot, God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which, this is the one who created or made us, which is joined to an harlot, is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Now, notice the verse is a reference back to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, if, if you're married to a harlot, if you're joined to a harlot, the Bible says you become one body. And the logic here is, how can you be joined to a harlot if, if you're joined to Christ? Because marriage pictures our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, he says here, and I love, I love the logic of Scripture, don't you? Look, um, immorality is wrong because how can you be joined physically to a harlot while being joined with Christ? Because, remember, in the creation... The Bible says He made us male and female. And uh, a man should leave father and mother and should cleave to his wife. So if you're joined to your wife, you ought not be joined to an harlot. That's, That's the implication here. And if you're joined to Christ, if you're one with Christ, then you should not be one with an harlot. I think it's more clearly stated, at least to me. It's easier for me to understand it. In Hebrews chapter 13. Where the Bible says marriage is honorable in all. I will stop here for a second. The construction there um, is such that it says marriage is honorable, let it be. In other words, let marriage be honorable. Marriage is honorable in all. So the Bible says that every part of marriage is in God's sight honorable. But so that Tennesseans could understand what God is saying here. He says, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. But, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And when the Bible says God will judge there, uh, again, the construction is He does judge, He is judging, and He will judge. So that immorality is, always gets the attention of God. See, God judges immorality. And the basis For this is, you're joined to your wife, you shouldn't be joined to another. And in marriage, being joined to your wife is a good thing. Marriage is pure. Marriage is moral. Marriage is right. Because in marriage, a man leaves dad and mom, and he cleaves to his wife. So he's joined to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, what does the Bible mean when it says that a man and his wife become one? Well, uh man and his wife, I think, become one uh, to some extent spiritually. They become one mentally. They think alike. And they literally become one physically. Pastor and uh, Mary and I were driving up yesterday. And uh, he just mentioned the fact that a husband and wife often think alike. We were talking about husband can start a sentence. And his wife can finish it. And she usually does. Or a wife can start a sentence and the husband knows what she's saying. And the pastor was saying, you know, you, you really are literally one in marriage. But the one in marriage, and I don't want to be improper here, the one in marriage includes the physical relationship. See, And the reason that uh, whoremongering or adultery is wrong because it messes, forgive the expression, with the institution of marriage. Where a man leaves dad and mom. He sets up a home of his own. And he and his wife become one flesh. And in Hebrews, it's interesting to me. Here the Bible says, Marriage is honorable in all, the bed undefiled. But, whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Look at look at the contrast in this verse. Think of it this way. Marriage is honorable in all. And the bed But you can almost see God change his attitude in the second part of the verse. But, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Now, what's the difference between marriage which is honorable and whoremongering or adultery which is not? Adultery would be a man acting toward another woman like he should act toward his wife, or a woman acting toward another man, like she should toward her husband. Literally. Um, whoremongering involves all kinds of perversion um, that uh, can be in the life of an individual, and I don't like using this word, but let me use it, sexually. So that here, here you have a union physically in marriage that is honorable. In all and the bed is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now, arguably, the adulterer commits the same act that the married man does. The whoremonger, although it may be perverted, we we certainly should allow for that, but the whoremonger would act toward another as if um, he were married to that other person. By the way, if I could just refer back quickly to Matthew 19. This is interesting to me. They come to Jesus. Remember this last night. They come to Jesus. Look, can a man put away his wife for any reason? And this is Jesus' answer. He says, don't you remember that in the creation, God made us male and female. You know, the business of being male and female is not my idea. It's not an American idea. It's not a European idea. It's part of God's creation. And when a person disregards male and female, he is disregarding God. See, that's why homosexuality is such a wicked, filthy, godless sin. Now, I don't know if this is always true, but I uh, I think a great percentage of men either by nature or if you want to argue by choice. I think I think homosexuals make up fewer in the population of men than we have been led to believe. Yeah. I think homosexuality is naturally abhorrent to men. Right. But the reason it's wrong is not because you may have a distaste for it. The reason it's wrong is because it it infringes upon God's creation. So that in the creation, God made us male and female. Okay, so Lord Jesus, can can I get a divorce? Okay, let me remind you of something. In creation, God made us male and female. See, so that, that creation and the distinction of the sexes go hand in hand. They're important. They're together. See, it's very important. So that a man being... Um, let's see, what would the word be here that's not improper? A man being improper with a woman who is not his wife is wrong in God's sight, just like a man being improper with another man. Are you catching on to this? In other words, most men would be uh, upset generally. Most. I understand socially how this is going. But still, most men are men. And most men don't have an attraction to other men. But if you do, in God's sight, you're wrong only as a man who is a heterosexual that treats other women like his wife. See, it's the same business. In other words, you may say, well, I'm not a homosexual. Okay, fine. The question is not, are you not a homosexual? The question is, are you pure? See, because God made us male and female, and in marriage that which is right is wrong outside of marriage. See? So it may be right in marriage, but outside of marriage it's wrong. What what society has said is, if it's wrong outside of marriage, then it's wrong inside too. Have you ever heard the statement that a wife is simply a legalized harlot? Have you ever heard this? Yeah. Okay, it's, it's greatly promoted the idea that there's something intrinsically evil or bad or wrong with a sexual union. There's not. Right. See, because in marriage, it's honorable. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed and the file. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Okay, so what's the difference between God honoring good. It's pure and all. And the judgment of God comes down upon this person. What makes a difference? And the answer is marriage. That's the answer. So a guy says, okay, we love each other. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you married? Uh, But we're great friends. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you married? Then if you're married, there are certain things that are right, that are good, that are moral, that have the blessing of God upon them, which literally bring the curse of God outside of marriage. You know, it's amazing. Social, we call them. Social diseases. Things like herpes and so on and so forth. Social diseases do not happen in marriage. And by the way, you can talk until you're blue in the face. Um, AIDS. AIDS does not come about because of a marriage relationship. Somebody says, well, sometimes don't married people have AIDS, or can't children be born with AIDS? That's all true, but the origin wasn't a simple marriage, see? Because marriage is honorable by God. Marriage is pure, but what, what happens outside of marriage is not. Okay, now, then marriage is what makes the difference. Okay, so the difference should be different. What's that? The difference. The difference between marriage and single should be different. In other words, a married man should act differently than a single man, and obviously a single man should act differently than a married man. And a man who's married should act differently around ladies who are not his wife to whom he is not married, just like a man who is unmarried should be uh, different in his actions around your wife. See, the difference, marriage or single, should be different. Okay. Now, I've, I'm always asked this question, because we, we work a lot with teenagers. I just love working with teenagers, and I love preaching to teenagers. And we have them by, by the hunters at the ranch in the summer. And I'm always asked the question, or I'm often asked the question, can a guy... Can he hold hands with a girl? Uh, can he? Uh, Can a guy kiss a girl goodnight? Well, uh, if, if you take seriously the fact that marriage is pure, not only is a principle, but it's pure, marriage is pure, and it's honorable, and God smiles upon marriage, but God literally judges immorality... Then the question is, what can a man do, what can a lady do uh, with a person of the opposite gender to whom he or she is not married? I've had teenagers say this to me. Holding hands means nothing. Okay, well, if that's true, then why do it? <laughs> if holding hands means nothing, I mean, if, if a guy is a guy and holding hands means nothing, he's weird. I'm sorry to say it that way, but he's not made right because it's supposed to mean something. See, um, suppose, uh, suppose, (laughs) now this is just an illustration, so don't get carried away with this, but you know Brother Les, don't you? You know Brother Les. All right. Um, Brother Les is really a likable guy. I really enjoyed being, Mary and I enjoyed being in his church. He's got a wonderful wife and he's got great kids. And I, 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 like any man that has great kids. So he's got a wonderful wife, great kids. I, I enjoy being around Brother Les. Okay. As I said last night about Brother O'Gorman, don't you think that as a brother in Christ, literally, genuinely, I should love Brother Les? That would that, make you uncomfortable, does it? Okay. I should love Brother Les. Okay. So suppose, um, <laughs> suppose Brother Les and I. Went on the mountain hike together. Okay. And suppose on the mountain hike together, Brother Les says, Brother Bill, let's go on the mountain hike together. And so suppose we're skipping down the ma- mountain, hand in hand, <laughs> skipping uh, down the mountain together. Okay. Well, would that strike you as weird? Okay. It would me. All right. In fact, I, I hate to even use the illustration because it would strike me as weird. Okay, so would it be wrong for me to hold hands with Brother Les on the mountain hike? And the answer is a resounding yes, yes. Brother Bill. It would be wrong. Okay, so then would it be wrong for me to hold hands with his wife? Yes. Okay, are yours? Yes. Even if I love her? Yes. Yeah, see, that's the deal. Would it be wrong for me to put my arm around? I, I know there can be greetings. and I, I, know, I know that there can be, uh, f- forgive the word, touching. That would not be wicked and evil and sinful. I understand that. But generally speaking, the difference should be different. So that uh, I, I can hug Mary or hold Mary's hand or put my arm on Mary's shoulder. None of that is inordinate. But if it were true with your daughter, and I hate using this illustration, but hopefully it helps you to see it, then it would be wrong. See, I need to be careful because the difference in marriage should be different. Okay, well somebody says, but what if it's innocent, like a hug or holding hands? Well, we've already answered that. Could a man uh, be pure, fine, and hug another man? Well, I would, I would think so. Yeah, I don't think that's the end of the world. It may not be socially acceptable in some places, but in parts of the world, it's very acceptable. Okay, so could that be all right? Well, okay, okay, I think it could be. So then, um, could uh, my pastor's wife, if uh, I see uh, my pastor and his wife, would it be possible... For me to put my arm on her shoulder and give her a hug. Yeah, that might be possible, but the deal is the difference should be different. I should act toward my wife like I act toward no other woman on earth. See, both in actions and even in thoughts. You know, it's easy to get in trouble when you daydream. It's not wrong to daydream, but it's easy to get in trouble with it. But you won't get in trouble with it if you'll act toward your wife like she's your wife and towards everybody else on this planet like they ain't. <laughs> See, Brother Les is not my wife. Uh, Pastor O'Gorman is not my wife. So the relationship can be genuine and it can be good and it can be a, a relationship, of friendship. That, that's wonderful, isn't it? Okay, but it's not marriage. See, because marriage is one man, one woman, one life, where a a son leaves dad and mom to be joined to his wife, and they two become one flesh. Now, to me, this is thrilling. It's thrilling because while marriage is intimate, and again, it's a little uncomfortable language, but while marriage is intimate, it's not impure. See, it's amazing to me how the world misunderstands that. How they just don't see that, that the relationship between a husband and his wife is singular, even though there's two of them. It's one relationship, they become one person, and in God's sight, it's pure. See, it's pure because God instituted it. Um, Let me say it this way, God is the one who invented the marriage relationship. It's not the world. It didn't come out of Hollywood and the USA. Amen. It didn't come out of some romance novel. This is God's idea of a man and his wife. And it ought to be enjoyed by both parties. Both the man and his wife. You know, a man ought to be, to some extent, a romantic. I know that's a scary statement. Uh, but he should. man ought to love his wife. Bible says so. Right. Ephesians 5 says uh, so so ought a man to love his wife as his own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Uh, man ought love his wife. And if a man loves his wife, he ought tell her. Yep, now that's a unique idea, isn't it? If you love your wife, you ought to tell her now and then. Have you ever said this? Well, Brother Bill, I'm just not the kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the kind of guy that can say things like, I love you. <laughs> oh, boulder dash. Oh. Every guy. You know, a guy... A guy gets a, uh, gets a new pickup truck yeah. and uh, he drives it for 150,000 miles and he becomes at one with that pickup truck <laughs> It's made by Toyota or whoever. And you say, what, how's your truck? And he says, you know, man, I just love that truck. That truck, that is a great truck. You know, I just love that truck. Look, any man that can love a Toyota can love his <laughs> wife. <laughs> And when you say, I love the truck, the truck doesn't get uh, little uh, piggly wigglies going up and down its backbone. It doesn't even have a backbone, see? (laughs) Um, You you ought to love your wife and she ought to know that. And by the way, I am serious about this. It ought to be communicated to your wife and that will help you in what you communicate to other people. And it will help you in what you communicate to other women. See, you ought to love your wife, and everybody ought to know that. See, so that you're not a target for some lady who may herself be inordinate. I don't know that happens a lot, but it does happen. So the deal is, you shouldn't be a target because of carelessness in your life. You ought to have one wife, one marriage. Uh, The difference should be different. You ought to love your wife. Everybody should know it. Your kids should know it. It's healthy for your kids. It'll be great for your kids to learn that dad loves mom, mom loves dad, they're in love, and you know your kids ought to appreciate that being in love is like my parents, not like uh, Hollywood. Amen. Sorry. See, because Hollywood it's all a sham. Um, even if the story is good, the people who pro- uh, portray the story we call them actors. What does that mean? It means they're hypocrites. That's what the word means. It means they're they're not what they appear to be. Well, we allow for that in acting, do we not? I mean, the Christian school puts on a play and, and you got somebody that's the mean guy in town and somebody that's the nice guy in town, but they're just acting. Okay, that's fine, but that's not what marriage is. See, marriage is one man, one woman, one life, and it is a responsibility where each individual in marriage acts as they should toward their partner and acts not that way toward anybody else on the planet. See? So I'm not, I'm not to act to others. Um, could you use humor with a lady who's not your wife? Of course. Could you joke? Of course. Could you tease? Of course. But be careful that it's different than what it would be with your wife. See, in other words, every aspect of your life um, needs to be different, so the difference, marriage, can be different. And by the way, if you're carefuler, is that a word? If you're more careful. If you're more careful in little things, then you probably will never have to battle the big ones. See, in other words, if you just act, Toward your wife, like your wife, and if everybody recognizes this man doesn't act toward anybody else, male or female, as he acts toward his wife. That's the idea, because marriage is pure. See, not only is marriage principled, but it's pure, and that's a wonderful thing about it. You don't you don't have to uh, be embarrassed by um, or, or a little uh, defensive uh, by your relationship. To your wife. You probably, you probably ought to show affection properly uh, before your kids and, and probably in front of everybody else. Now obviously that would have limits. You've got a brain. You can use that. So it, it would have limits. But the point is it ought to it ought be obvious. In other words, it should be obvious that I'm married to this lady, that I love this lady, that this lady loves me, that we are one and that we have a relationship that's pure. And that the difference is different. And and while holding hands could be considered um, innocent. Whether it is or not, it's not the point here. That's not the point I'm making. The point is, it could be considered by many people who are Christians as innocent. Okay, maybe it is, but my marriage is different and the difference marriage should be different than my casual livelihood with other ladies on this earth. See, marriage is principled, and so you got one man, one woman, one life, and marriage is pure, so that a man can enjoy marriage, with great conscience, can love his wife, and can set her apart, as being different than anybody else. Jealousy is a terrible thing, isn't it? Jealousy in marriage is a terrible thing. Now, It's not wrong in the sense that I should be jealous of my wife in the sense that she's mine and she's nobody else's. I'm hers and I'm nobody else's. That's fine. But to have a relationship with another woman that would make your wife feel uncomfortable is both stupid and wicked. See, it's not right. It's not the way we're to act. See, because marriage is pure and marriage is different. How do we know that? Because the Bible says for this cause, a man, leave father and mother. And cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And in light of that, we find out that marriage is to be permanent. And in light of that, we find out that marriage is considered by God to be pure. See, and it should be. And it's something we can all be thankful for and it's something we can all enjoy in our life. In our next session, we're going to ask the question from Ephesians 5 When should a son leave father and mother? Is it at 18 or an arbitrary in age? Or when is it that a son leaves father and mother? And that'll help us for tonight when we look at the the relationship of the institution of the home that God set up, that he instituted, and what the home, the institution of the home, institutes. That is what it teaches. What is it that the home is responsible for teaching? And all of this comes from the wonderful statement for this cause. Man leaves dad, mom, he cleaves to his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. That prayer and Amen. pastor will tell us about a break, all right? Father, thank you for loving us. And dear Lord, help us to see now the importance in our lives of the truth that for the cause of marriage, a man leaves father and mother, is joined to his wife. And they help us to see it in such a way that when we leave the castle, we can remember it. It will be ingrained in our hearts and our minds and in our lives, I pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.